0: This is where scientists, philosophers, new agers, and spiritualists come together to discuss where this world may be heading. Now, here's your host, lawyer, philosopher, and the author of The Collapse of Materialism, Philip Camella. As those who listen to this show know, the object is to go beyond science and religion on the topics here and to open minds. And the question is, why, why is this important? Well, we have to think about ultimate goals here. Uh, science, the ultimate goal of science, I think, is to understand the world in order to master it, and that's not an original thought, but I think that that is where science leads to. My problem with science, as I talk about in my book The Collapse of Materialism, at least the way science is currently structured, is that they believe truth exists outside of us, far out among the galaxies, or deep within the DNA molecule. Now, my own view, it's shared by a lot of other people, is that we'll never find truth outside of us. It's always been inside of us. And when we look inside, we find spirit. And when spirit unites in physical form, in my mind, that's what we know as peace. And that brings us to today's topic, which is the World Peace Caravan. And I'm happy to have as my guest Susan Johnson, who is the Director of Operations for the World Peace Caravan 2015 as Director of Operations. She is responsible for overseeing all operations and logistics pertaining to the world. So that brings us to today's show which is called the world peace caravan and i'm happy to have as my guest on today's show susan johnson who is the director of operations for the world peace caravan 2015 as director of operations she is responsible for overseeing all operations and logistics pertaining to the world peace caravan the world peace and health conference and the world peace concert so we're going to learn about something really happening in the realm of world peace today. Susan, welcome to the show.
1: Great. Thank you, Philip. Glad to be here.
0: Okay. Well, let's. for people who don't know anything about the World Peace Caravan, first of all, what is it?
1: So the World Peace Caravan is a, is a peace mission that is looking to go beyond just a conference or, or just bringing people together. It's actually formulated out of a dream by a gentleman by the name of D. Gary Young, where he actually saw this camel caravan traveling from um, Petra Jordan to Jerusalem, Israel and uniting people from all over the world and giving them the chance to actually not only be together, but live together day by day, doing something that was done, you know, 3,000 years ago when the Queen of Sheba made her journey to King Solomon for peace. Um, And so it's designed to give people an experience where they can kind of break down those barriers travel day by day together, live in a camp style activity, you know, campfire at night, meals, working with the animals. So again, it's designed to take people past just, just a conference. Um, it's very all inclusive and it's, a, it's an entire conversation to go through the actual whole 12 day journey
0: yeah I love stories that begin with uh somebody having a dream and then fulfilling it because I think that, that that sort of that says a lot because you know it tells us we need to listen sometimes to these inner visions we have, and uh, sometimes when we carry them out i don 't know if there 's anything as fulfilling as that now what did how did you get involved in this
1: I actually got involved I had been um traveling with my sister, we were at um, a workshop, and we actually happened to see Gary Young speak, and he talked about how strong this dream was, how it came the first time, and his wife said, you know, you're really busy, I don't know, and it came again, and basically she said the same thing, and the third time he said, okay, I need to go to somebody else, and he he reached out, and he talked to people he knew around the world, and each one of them came back and said to him, you you must do this, you know, this is really how vivid and how strong. And, and so he's telling us the story and then how he went back to his wife and, and she said to him, you know, I got to tell you, you, you must do this. And, and he was floored that she used the same terminology. And I looked at my sister and I said, I have to be honest with you. I am so drawn to this idea. I think it's so fascinating. And I do fundraising before I came to the World Peace Caravan. I work in nonprofits. I do fundraising. And I, you know, I said, you know, maybe I could help out. You know, maybe they'd like some help fundraising or whatever. I saw him speak again at another workshop in February and was going to a third one just by chance in March that I knew he would be at, and I said, you know, I think I'll bring my resume and and just tell him, you know, you can have me for a couple hours a week. If If you're interested, you know, I'd be happy to volunteer. I ended up getting a call from my director, who's now my director, and he said, you know, oh, we'd love to, you know, you have a lot of the experience we're looking for. And as I got involved in it, I realized that they actually, you know, needed something else done and something else done. And, and by the time December came around, this was in probably May of 2013, uh, the, the, the gentleman who I work for directly looked at me and he said, you know, I really need somebody as director of operations. You're already doing most of this, you know, are you interested? And I was like, well, yeah, because I just find this, again, I'm so drawn to this particular um, way of bringing people together and and it being a dream and again like you said someone fulfilling something that's just so powerful and, and passionate to them so it's it's it was something i just knew i had to do and i i basically changed my whole life around to do this for about 2 years
0: i think that's i think that's great and i think that sort of bringing the message to the people and to the field is really what we need more of and you've already touched upon it but it might help for you to distinguish what is different about the World Peace Caravan from similar uh, types of peace conferences. You already touched upon that, but there's a lot different here uh, that I think would be helpful for you to uh, drill down a little bit.
1: Absolutely. So the World Peace Caravan is actually 12 days. So it's a 12-day opportunity. You don't have to do all 12 days. People can come. There are different, you know, packages that we offer. But it starts out in Petra Jordan, and I'm not sure how many people are familiar with Petra. Petra is a beautiful, beautiful ancient city. It was one of the old trade cities. It's the national treasury. It's where a lot of commerce went through and the old frankincense trail went through here. So we'll start there because the Queen of Sheba actually traveled on part of the frankincense trail to make peace with King Solomon. One of the first true peace missions that, that, that happened. Um, we'll camp out overnight. We'll have a grand send off celebration. And then we are actually doing a camel caravan. You'll have the opportunity to either travel by camel, by horse, or by foot, and we will cross the Jordanian desert heading to the Dead Sea. So there's five nights of camping out, five nights of of traveling each day. We, We travel a long distance, but there are buses. If you say, you know, okay, I'm done for the day, it'll take you to the next campground. At night, there's education, entertainment, and an opportunity for the entire world to come together. And learn about each other. It's not just about the Middle East. This is about all types of different backgrounds, ethnicities, music, culture. So there will be that opportunity to work together. When we get to the Dead Sea, we'll actually check into um, uh, first class hotels. And we're going to have the World Peace and Health Conference. It's three nights, two days on the Dead Sea. And this is more your conference style. But this is really about those who are doing it. We'll talk about um, how we got to where we are in peace. We'll talk about the role of women in peacekeeping. Um, The second day, we're gonna talk about how health affects peacekeeping. And then the final part, which is really incredible, is how youth today impact peacekeeping and their role in tomorrow. And the World Peace Caravan has actually created a youth ambassador program where we have selected 12 outstanding young people, ages 16 to 25, that are doing amazing things in different parts of the world. They're from 10 different countries. They'll travel on the caravan, they'll travel with the world, they'll speak at the World Peace Conference, um, they'll help shape that conference, um, and then they are creating a program all year long where they're um, handling the sustainable goals by the United Nations um, and doing a project in their own country or in another country around the goal that they've selected so all year long there are calls that people from around the world can get on and get involved in peace projects and create them in their own backyard. So it's, it's, it's very interactive. Um, after the conference on the Dead Sea, we'll actually cross over into the Palestine Authority. We're going to visit Jericho. Um, we'll visit the baptismal site. We will camp two nights in the Judean desert. We will travel into Bethlehem. We'll have a little celebration in Bethlehem. Then we spend two nights in Jerusalem in hotels. So we're, again, we've said goodbye to our camels, our donkeys, and our horses. We'll spend two nights in Jerusalem. We're going to do a peace walk from Bethlehem to Jerusalem on the morning of the 26th. And then we wrap it up with the World Peace Con- uh, Concert where we actually are going to celebrate everything that we've done. And again, we've created this kind of interactive journey that people can get involved in that we can then turn around and look at and create something to go forward that people can use what we've done all year long in a program and maybe put it in an after-school program or a classroom or a boy scout a girl scout or something all around the world so it it has some similar components of things people do and yet it's very interactive and designed to get people involved long before we ever journey out
0: I thought was one of the things that was interesting about this is the uh, involvement of young folks and you've already mentioned that the ambassadors and You know we we start getting into topics uh here that i think are ageless among them being uh the notion that our future lies in our children and it 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 brought to my mind as i was as i was preparing for the show that in the 60s um for those who who could date themselves that far back Mm -hmm. and, and in the and in the 70s uh there was there was such a onrush of attention and energy for the new generation and uh, two songs uh, always resonated with me from that era one of them being The Who and their their song My Generation and then uh, the Jefferson Airplane had the song Volunteers of America where they talk about you know this generation is different and it brings up the topic of do you think that this current generation is different these ambassadors do you think they actually represent something that is that is going to be more long-lasting because our generation—and I'm speaking for myself—I uh, don't think I don't think we have failed, but the promise of youth sometimes is not always fulfilled. So, what what do you think about the, the way things are looking for this new generation to um, make something happen on the peace front?
1: I I actually personally believe that the youth today are very different than other generations. Now, don't get me wrong, not every youth is on the same page, but when you take a good look at the youth that are out there and you see some of the incredible things they're doing, and you connect that with the technology that we have today, I think it's very powerful. I think they have a different will, I think they have a different desire, Um, and I think that, you know, when you look at, and, and I always make this analogy, and it's kind of a strange analogy, but look at recycling. Um, my, my grandparents didn't recycle at all. My parents were about my age when recycling was kind of introduced. And it was kind of a tough concept for them to grab. My generation, we had to make that change and we volunteered in recycling centers and did all that type of stuff and, and started to make the change. But our children grew up recycling. They don't think of anything else. In my world, they grew up with the buckets and recycling and, and don't think any different. I think when you look at peacekeeping, and you look at where we are, you have the same kind of thing going on. Um, I grew up in a generation that we're breaking down the barriers between the fact that you might be from a different country or you might be from a different color or you might have a different, a different perception in life than I do, where I look at my kids, I have two kids, I have a 20 year old and and a 21 year old, and I look at my kids and I say, they have a very different perception than I did. They don't grow up with any of that. They automatically accept that everybody's different, that everybody comes from a different country. They converse on Skype and on you know, video games and things like that from people from all over the world. They don't look at people the same way that we did before, and that gives us that ability to break down those barriers. They're also more connected, um, you know, where. We might have met somebody back. I, I remember traveling through Europe with my backpack and meeting people, but I never connected with them after that. I thought it was kind of cool, but you know that was kind of the end of it. Today, on social media, they're connected all the time. So they're constantly seeing what's going on and where, although the news media still shows us what they want to show us, these kids are showing us a different side. And I think it's going to allow us to maybe break down some of those barriers. And just like that recycling generation where we had to teach our parents, they're going to teach us what true peacekeeping is.
0: Yeah, I think that that is really inspiring. I mean, that's what we need to have happen. Uh, and it, it aligns with some bigger uh, issues that I cover on the show and folks have written about. Uh, including me, which is that there is sort of a gradual um, rise in consciousness. I mean, it's a sort Absolutely. of a sort of a, sp- a spiritualistic way to express it. But as as uh, the generations uh, come on, and we have more young people who are raised in a culture of freedom and interconnectedness breaking down the barriers of separation the barriers of religion being the big one in nationality and color uh, maybe we start seeing more of a authentic deep commitment yes. to to this notion of peace uh, and and so I think that's really what we need and I think that that is what uh, I really I really like about this and I do think it it needs, Attention! Um, now, being clearly uh, out there in the world, we have a lot of things happening which are against um, this notion of peace. I mean, as you know, there's Jordan right now is the, is really the focus of the world mm-hmm. uh, in light of what's happened to their pilot. And uh, it's uh, how do you it, in preparing for this? What, what do you see as the barriers to peace? I know it's a, it's a tough question, but, but what do you think stopping us from making more um, real progress?
1: Very deep question. I, I think it has many layers to it. Um, you know, having traveled to Jordan, having traveled to Israel, having traveled to the Palestine Authority, talking about bringing the World Peace Caravan every one of those countries wants to see the World Peace Caravan come. We have had an incredible uh, door opening, you know, we think this is great. You know, many of these countries feel that they are put into the same category as some of the countries where there's truly difficulties going on, like Syria, like Iraq. You know, when you, you travel to Jordan or you travel to Israel, you travel to Palestine Authority, these are people who love tourism, they love people to come, they would love to see peace. Um, and although that there are some countries, some governmental issues, when you sit with the everyday person, they'll talk to you how they have friends, uh, you know, in Israel on the West Bank or they, you know, in other countries and, and how they worry about them and how they'd like to see peace. So I think that bringing something, the level of the World Peace Caravan which I think will allow many people from around the world to view places like Jordan, places like Israel, places like the Palestine Authority that have so many beautiful things to offer. And don't get me wrong, you are traveling to the Middle East, but but you f- you feel very you know very secure in knowing that they are um, very aware of where they sit, that they want you to come, and that tourism is a big part of of their economies. You know they're hurting over there because people are not coming and that they know this is an opportunity to show people that they do invite them to come in and that they are peaceful. Um, I do feel, I have to tell you, in in, in having met many people from Jordan, my heart goes out to the Jordanian community to have this happen. You know, I think we in the United States have had more of this happen to us because of the fact that we get so involved. And and I think that smaller countries like this where, um, you know, they're not so big, they haven't been involved in so many things, I think it's very difficult for them. So uh, you know it does bring up some challenges, but I also think it brings up an awareness um, of of how these countries feel about what's going on in the world. If that makes sense.
0: No, I think I think that's I think that's helpful. This is Philip Camello. This is Conversations Beyond Science and Religion. I'm speaking with Susan Johnson, the director of operations for a amazing new um, organization that she is. Managing, it's called the World Peace Caravan, and it really is an inspiring idea. That that, as you say, was born with a dream, Uh, and you're you're working to make this something real. Now, I I think that um, when we move to talk about the barriers to peace, obviously uh, religion is a big one. And I think a lot of a lot of people would probably conclude that it's a hopeless task to unite uh, certain people on different sides of the religious divide, and specifically that would be say the Jews and the Muslims, uh, and Christianity's in there somewhere. But clearly, the the big divide is the Jews and the Muslims. But then again, every time we We talk about this, and and it becomes more and more apparent that that people are fundamentally the same. Mm -hmm. They want to have something to eat. They want to have a roof over their heads. They want to have something to do. They want to have family and friends. Uh, And I'm just wondering whether you think peace is possible given the the religious divide, particularly in the Middle East.
1: I I think that there will always be conflict in life. I think that no matter what you do, they'll, there's always going to be conflict somewhere. It's, it's a part of, I think it's a part of the universe, it's a part of energy, it's a part of good and bad, and, and, and whatever side of the fence that you sit on. I mean, I just think that, that there'll always be some type of conflict. But again, in working, um, in working over in Israel and working in Jordan, working in the Palestine Authority, there are many people that would like to see the fact that we understand that we're all different, but we learn to play in the same sandbox. That we learn that, that you do put your pant on one leg at a time just like I do, and that although you do, you might look at religion or how, you, you, know, how you, you, you raise yourself a little differently, that I can learn to appreciate that, understand that it's different, maybe not understand it, but at least that I can work together. And again, I'm not saying that this is going to happen with everything that's out there, But when you work with these young people and and you listen to the stories that they tell and how they would love to find a way to work together, there are many organizations in Israel and Palestine and Jordan that are bringing Arabs, Muslims, Jews together, these younger people, and working together so that they can see that they are are the same. Many, I believe, this is my belief, that, that many of the, Many of the perceptions that people have today come from a time when life was different and that, and that there's that ability to, to bring that forward. And again, I'm not saying there aren't always going to be some extremes, but I think that we can start to change those perceptions to where we get to a point where at least we can look at each other and say, you know what, you are different than me, but I can understand that we both have a strong faith in what we believe in. Um, and that we need to find a way to work together to make a better tomorrow, especially for our children.
0: Yes, and again, my my opinion on this and is that in order to have real peace, we need to have something people can agree upon that is deeper than the differences. Mm-hmm. And th- going to the topic of religion, and this is really the big one, because... Right now, in some walks of life, uh, the, the faith or the belief in one's own religion is put at a higher priority than the lives or the well-beings of those of different religions. And, and that is, that's not uh, productive, and, and that's not uh, conducive to long-term peace. And I think that's frankly where the quote unquote, "new spirituality movement is going. And I think that's why it's got so much momentum is because it's looking at um, the the unity of spirituality as being the driver. And I'm just wondering, uh, where you come down on this, Do you think that there is like a deeper purpose bubbling up here? You know, you mentioned uh, that this whole notion began in a dream. Do you think that there is something bigger here that is driving you and others uh, to this mission?
1: And, and I, it's funny because I've got, go- got goosebumps sitting here talking because you, you've actually asked a really interesting question. So when I got involved in the World Peace Caravan, the World Peace Caravan was actually supposed to happen in April of 2014. That was the original date that the caravan was supposed to go off. And it was picked by April because everybody told Gary Young, who this is his dream, that that was a good time to go because the kids would be out of school. And, and so when I came in and I started to do things, I have to tell you, I ran into roadblocks everywhere. People were like, what? You're going to do what? Oh, I don't know. You know, and then as I, you know, so now that was in like April, late April, early May. We got to August and then just around that time is when we had all the difficulties hit in Syria. And many people came at us and said, you can't do that. Look at Syria. Things are going on. You know, you might need to cancel, you might need to do whatever. And we got together and we said, okay, maybe we need to change the date. Maybe we need to, to change this just a little bit. And my boss and I, Jay Anderton, he's the director of, the, director of the caravan, where well, I'm the director of operations. We really thought that maybe December of 2014 would be good. And you say, well, why December? Gary's dream had him landing in Bethlehem on December 25th. Not for a religious reason, it was just the day that Gary in his dream knew he landed there. So Gary went back, we talked about it, we went back to that notion, and he met with those same people that when he went out and asked what they felt about doing this, and said, you know, we're going to change the date, we're thinking either December 2014, we think that's a good time. All four people that he had talked to before came back and once again said the same thing. You've picked the right month, you've picked the wrong year. The universal energy is not ready in December of 2014 for this particular event. 2015, something's going to shift. This shift that we're feeling is going to have that chance to kind of muddle through and figure out what it is. And by the end of 2015, there'll be a new energy, a new momentum that will be really ready to go forward. The day that we changed that date and we announced it, I had three things that I had been waiting, three or four things that I'd been waiting to come through, came through within about three days. Opened up completely, yeah. and since that time, every bit of energy has opened up and we've had people just jump on board and, and support this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that, that tells you something. I mean, yep. we, we always uh, operate cautiously when we talk about um, synchronicity and messages because we're, because we're raised in this Scientific mindset, uh, where all that is sort of um, fullhardiness and but on the other hand, listening to your intuition, listening to yourself and and uh, sort of being being uh, in tune with what you feel as if as the underlying purpose, power, energy is really probably the right thing to do, and frankly, Susan I think we need something like this. I think we need more of it we need more caravans of peace as as opposed to marches of war and mm-hmm. uh, and i it's it's really encouraging um, that there is not only sort of a practical element to this but it's sort of being driven by this sort of inner inner messaging uh i i think that it might be helpful for you to to talk a little more about the practicalities here i mean we're 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 switching from from global spiritual purpose here and i'm moving to to the practical side of this um can you talk a little bit about who you are trying to get involved in this and how and how you see this uh, and, and how the organization of, of this whole caravan is coming?
1: Sure. So it's really interesting. Right now, um, with our sign-ups, our youth ambassadors, and, and the people that we know we're going to take, we need to take along, we are sitting with about 350 people that will cross the desert with us um, through the 12 days. And again, so you can do the full 12 days. Again, this would your trip would include, and, and it is a trip that you would purchase, it would include... Your five nights of camping throughout Jordan, your three nights hotel and your conference on the Dead Sea, your two nights camping in the Judean Desert, your two nights in Jerusalem, your concert, the peace walk, and any of the sightseeing that we do, and your meals while you are on the caravan in the desert, all three meals and all of your breakfasts while you're um, at hotels and some lunches, almost about ninety, I would say about ninety-five percent of your meals are covered. Um, you can a lot of people say, well, twelve days is a lot or, or whatever. You can do just eight days in Jordan. So you can do just the Jordan camping experience and the conference. You could do just the camping experience in Jordan. You can do just the conference. You can do the conference and the Palestine Authority and Israel portion. You can do just the Palestine Authority and the Israel portion, or you'll be able to just buy a ticket to the concert based on who you are or come to the Peace Walk know based on on what you want to do and, and how you want to work so logistically it really depends on how much commitment you have um you know how much you you enjoy that that whole full monte journey of those 350 people that we figure at this point are between registered and that what we know are going they represent about 18 different countries so they're coming from Germany Sweden Canada Mexico Australia Jordan Israel um, Arab Emirates, Uganda, Kenya. So we have this really diverse group that is going. So right there you've got something very special, the fact that there are so many different people traveling. Um, When you check in, you're gonna get your sleeping bag, your tent, and your air mattress. Uh, You'll get a number of other little items that will help you. You'll have to go through some safety and security checks. Um, You'll go through a workshop on desert safety. You'll go through a workshop on personal safety. You'll go through a workshop on etiquette in the campground. You'll go through animal safety. Um, you know, you'll be introduced to the camp and how the campsite will be set up. There are bathrooms that will follow us, um, portable showers and porta-potties and things. We'll have entertainment each night, whether it's music or culture or food. Um, you know, we've, we've asked that um, if you are of a certain faith and you would be willing, we'd like to set up areas in the camp where you could go learn about other people's faith. So that if someone was there of a certain religion, that they would be open and honest to the questions that might be asked of them, and this is something that we would work personally with them very carefully to make sure that that was done well. So there's a lot of opportunities for people to dance, sing, eat together, work together. You know, help break down the camp, set up the camp. Does it mean you have to do a ton of work? No. But again, you know, we're going to ask that. You know, if we're unloading the trucks and and putting things in order as far as you know, getting our your camping gear out. You know, we'll we'll have sorted things that people can do so they can volunteer and again work side by side so those are some of the basic logistics that go on with it
0: i i see that you you're trying to get some uh dignitaries famous folks how, how's that coming how is how is the um the uh dignitary invitations going uh
1: actually very well you know we, again we've been very well received in in, in all the countries Um, And other countries are very interested in what we're doing. And we're trying to balance the the, the amount of dignitaries to also those that are on the ground and doing actual peacekeeping. Uh, You know, there's a full list of speakers on the back of our website, worldpeacecaravan.org. But, you know, we've had um, generals of of some of the armies, some of the ministries are are ready to come. Um, We've put invitations out to Shimon Peres, the King of Jordan, um, we're asking some of the other um, dignitaries that we know around the world from Somalia, the United States, Canada, those type of places to also get involved. And we've had some really, really um, very positive responses to, to our requests. We're really very excited.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like anything else. I mean, I, I, think, this, I think something like this is going to build up momentum. Mm-hmm. And when you do something for the first time, and as you, as you oh. know... It's, oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 always a learning experience um, and you sort of venture into the unknown and you, and you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but you, you have some time to pull this all together. Uh, but I, I, I do think that uh, it's it's looking it's looking really good. This is Philip Camella. This is conversations beyond science and religion. I'm speaking with Susan Johnson, the director of the World Peace Caravan, which is being launched uh, this upcoming December. Now, now, one of the things that uh, also caught my attention is this notion of petitioning for a global ceasefire. Where did that idea come from?
1: So again, this is one of this is one of Gary Young's ideas. You know, he Gary's Gary truly believes in peace. He travels all over the world, and he has his own business beside this, where he works in many different countries, and and he has friends from every religion, every faith, every background. And he truly believes that peace is doable. But more than that, he believes that if we can get a million signatures on this as a world ceasefire petition for what, the time that the caravan travels, that we get these signatures, he's already been told by the United Nations that he is he would be welcome to present it if he gets those signatures. And what he'd like to do is he'd like to say, listen, you know, we've now got support for this ceasefire for two weeks while we travel. Can we make it another two weeks? Could we actually do it for a month? Yeah. And if we can do it for a month, could we do it for two? Could we make this the basis for doing something longer? This is an opportunity for people around the world to jump on board and say, you know, I get that, that things aren't always great, but yeah, okay, I will support this because you know, fundamentally we do know. And wouldn't this be a great opportunity for countries to then come in and say, hey, I do support this. And, and people can see who are truly those that are peacekeepers and want to build peace and those who are truly not set in that particular mindset.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I really like about this is, is that there are so many doubters in the world. And it's, there are so many people that would say, well, why bother? You know, nothing's ever going to change. And, uh, and and you're never going to have a ceasefire. You, you know, you're never going to get the Muslims to talk to the Jews. And, and you know, it's it's really if anything else susan i think one of the things we're seeing uh, in today's world is that more and more people are ignoring that kind of that that kind of stuff ignoring the doubters because this this must be something that you have to deal with a lot yep so so what what is your reaction to this to this wave of doubt and skepticism that that undoubtedly washes over a a mission like this?
1: I'll give you a really good story. So we have, we've selected these Youth Ambassadors from around the world and we have them from Dubai, Kenya, Uganda, Pakistan, Honduras, Guatemala, Um, I'm missing a few, but, um, but interestingly enough, so the Youth Ambassadors have to do phone calls every month. There's two required phone calls that they have to be on and then we have phone calls the other nights where we've invited dignitaries, dignitaries, mentors and that to come and talk about some part of world peace and, and I'll get to the, the whole point of the story. Um, they're doing the sustainable goals and they're covering six of them. The very first call that we did where we got all of these youth ambassadors together on the phone um, was a chance for them to introduce themselves to explain their passion and, and why they wanted to be a part of the World Peace Caravan because they did have to apply, they had to go through an application process and all that. We got an email the next morning from one of our young ladies um, she was she's from Pakistan she's a beautiful soul and it, it, it kinda of brings tears to my eyes when I talk about it cuz she said I have to tell you she said I live in a world where I never know any day whether I'm gonna make it home alive or my family members are gonna make it home alive she said I really have I don't I feel like I don't have a lot of hope for the world in the world that I live in but I knew I wanted to be involved in this after our first phone call last night I felt my heart crack and the stereotypes break down when I heard about all these other beautiful voices of young people in the world who want to have peace with me. It's mm. given me a new hope that this is really something that's going to change my life.
0: Yeah, that yeah, that is really yeah, that I think that's good and it's, you know, I'm I'm sort of in the business world as well and there is a it's it's funny because the same notion about not letting doubters get in your way is one of the key things to sale to salesmanship mm-hmm. there's this book there's this book called the little red book of selling which those who are in any business um probably have heard of it's cuz it's in the airports all the time all over the place but it's got this one thing that that always uh always resonated with me and it's something like it it, it goes ignore ignore the pukers is what it says and that it basically ignore the doubters and just put them aside and go forward um because if you let the doubters control your actions then you're really uh not moving beyond square one i mean two two other um sort of messages here for me are the famous Chinese proverb that uh, what a uh, the mission of a thousand miles begins with one step. I'm sure I I misparif- I mis- <laughs> um, that one, but I, but I love that one. Um, and you know, and, and then the other one. If all the good people in the world do nothing, then evil will prevail. Absolutely. And and so this is this is to me sort of um, bringing idealism. Or visionary uh, ideas into the real world and we need people I think to not give up their dreams to see that dream as something that can be and then to make it happen and as as the materials um, in on, on the website say there's really no bigger dream than world peace it sounds so far off in the sky but unless you set your 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 sales to reach that goal, there's no way you're ever going to uh, meet it. Uh, it you know reminds me of um, you know back in the 19th century we had folks like Henry David Thoreau and Ralph Waldo Emerson, who were they were called transcendental idealists and they were so far out there, and you know Emerson was talking about the same thing, and it's sort of nice that. We're seeing people uh, like you and others at the World Peace Caravan trying to put this in motion. Uh, so, what what else do people need to know about the World Peace Caravan, Susan? Because we, I th- I'm sure we've only touched upon it, and I and I have some more um, questions I want to ask you about some of the big pictures here. But I want you to to, to have the time to get people. Um, tuned into this, because I do think that this is this is very important. What, what else about this do you want people to know about?
1: So I, there's, there's a couple different things, and I want to touch on the fact that, you know, you talked about, you know, the, the, the first step of a thousand miles. You could talk about the butterfly effect or the right. ripple in the pond. You know, I think that the one thing the World Peace Caravan wants to get across to everyone is that not everyone wants to travel across the desert for 12 days. And in order to support us, you don't have to do that that you taking a positive step within yourself toward peace could be just reaching out to a neighbor across the street. That if you reached out to that neighbor, then maybe that neighbor would reach out to somebody else who would reach out to somebody else. Again, for us here, to touch one life, and, and that gal from Pakistan is a great example, that that we can make a change, that it has to come from within you first, that as us doing it as a first inside ourselves is is going to be that thing that's going to take it to the next level that might change someone along the way and and make this a much bigger thing. I can tell you that, you know, again, I'm a mom, I'm a married woman and that, you know, many people have said to my husband, I can't believe that you, you know, that you you support your wife in doing this and you know she's traveling to the Middle East and 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 my husband's like, "Listen, this is a belief and this is strong and and I can't believe how much I've learned about the Middle East and about who the people are and, and it's given me a chance to change my perceptions so if a number of us that are interested in something like this and and again whether it's in the full 12 days or or just a piece of it can come and their world has changed imagine how many worlds we can change when they come back imagine if we can set something up that kids can get involved in and we're building a junior youth ambassador program as we speak to go along with our our older youth ambassadors if we can change some of those kids perception and then they can go forward. So, so that getting involved could be as simple as doing something in your own backyard, um, supporting the World Peace Caravan, liking our Facebook page, signing our petition, you know, potentially donating, being a sponsor, whatever it is that you want to do. There are many things you can do it, even to be an armchair traveler with us. Our goal, and we're, we're in conversations with certain companies that do a simulcast so that we can actually broadcast this as we go so that you can be involved And the same with the conference. So there's a lot of things that people can do in their own backyards to not only support the World Peace Caravan, but to support world peace.
0: Yeah, I think that it's sort of like when you go on a life-changing seminar, college, um, uh, vacation, there's certain times when you have these experiences and they, and they change you and then you come back and you become sort of a missionary or you become sort of an advocate of that position and I do think that that is one promising uh, potential development from this whole thing it's sort of like instead of um, going to the mountains and learning how to meditate nothing against meditation uh, or do yoga people will go to another part of the world on a mission of peace and maybe they'll bring back this energy such that more seeds will be planted so that this becomes a bigger movement lord knows we need it now one of the things that i think on a on a cultural front susan i think that's helping here is the notion of environmental sustainability which is something that is also part of the peace caravan and just uh for myself i mean the environmental movement has been in motion for about 50 years now since uh, Rachel Carson and Silent Spring uh and but the whole notion of sustainability global warming climate change i think that tying sustainability Environmental sustainability into the peace mm-hmm. uh, notion is really, really a good um, step here. And, and I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about how environmental sustainability is playing into this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, when we designed this and we knew we wanted to, to do something greater and have there be some teaching ability, we, we looked at the Millennium Development Goals that were set out by the United Nations and we know that they're moving to the Sustainable Goals in 2015. And we pick six that we believe will always go forward. So one is eradicate, eradicate poverty. Um, another one is gender equality. Another one is uh, equality within and between borders. Um, healthy lifestyles for all. But one of the ones that's really important to them is this fact of environmental sustainability. And that peace, that certain places are not in peace because they do not have sustainability. And that 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 many of the the things that go on the the conflicts the warring and that often are a product of not having what you need to keep yourself safe and stable, which means that you have to do something to somebody else to get that. And so sustainability, not only from a personal standpoint, but then looking at it as environmentally, our globe has to be safe. It's a huge piece of peacekeeping because if we don't take care of our globe, if we don't create sustainability and good sustainability within the communities that are out there think of, think of what's going to happen when parts of the world are no longer valid, you know, no longer have the ability to be environmentally secure to live in, that's going to change the dynamics of life even more and those people that live in those areas are going to have to go to other areas which is going to then again increase that ability for conflict
0: yeah, I think sustainability is really where it's at. I mean, it's it's not only environmental sustainability from the from the idea that we need a clean environment. We clearly need a clean environment, but we have to sustain the world in order to feed and shelter everybody safely. Right, Safe- r- right, right, right. It's all it's all tied together, and I think that tying this uh, again. Uh, with the with the notion I mentioned earlier about this rising consciousness, I mean, when you sort of realize that we are living in a miraculous world and we're sort of ignoring all that and and into this um eye for an eye retribution uh, that it it's not a sustainable mindset it not only is it not sustainable but it ignores. Uh, really what spirituality to me is all about. And again, when I talk about this stuff, I try to be as down-to-earth as, as possible. Uh, we have to use words like spirituality, consciousness, um, just to have a conversation. But the the underlying all this is the notion that there is a brotherhood sisterhood of humankind because if you don't believe in that then none of this stuff to me will ever get to the finish line you have to believe in some kind of unity because because again it has to be deep and for it to be deep it has to be real so so um, this is Philip Camella. This is Conversations Beyond Science and Religion. I'm speaking with Susan Johnson, the director of the of the Amazing World Peace Caravan, which is launching uh, this upcoming December. And uh, and Susan, um, you know, I mentioned a couple things there that I'd like you to comment upon just before my little break uh, about um, what it's going to take really to make this successful. I mean, I love, I love the idea that, that Gary Young is saying about, you know, well, if we could have a, a ceasefire for a day, then why not two days and why not a month? I mean, it's just sort of the same way people quit cigarettes and, certain, and all sorts of other things. But I'd like you to comment upon sort of the bigger bigger issues here uh, uh, about whether we are really at the time where, where this might work.
1: As far as making this work, this will work. We are going. There is no question. You know, we've we've set the campsites, uh, we've got the hotels. The com- it's in motion. We are going. There is there's no question that will it go off. And and you know, then you say, well, will it go off successfully? Well, even even if we got no one else to today to sign up for the World Peace Caravan, you know, you figure 350 to 400 people traveling across the desert, you know, making that statement, working together. Um. even just look at the little things that have happened on the few phone calls that we've had with our youth ambassadors there's change going on so so we're already we already feel that that we've made some huge steps to be successful is there a lot more absolutely we would love to see more people join us we'd like to see more people get involved Um, we'd love to see people again sign that position like our Facebook page um, you know, we're working with some sponsors. We'd always like more sponsors. We'd love to find corporations that would like to align themselves, people that would like to align themselves with us. Um, we've been working with many other nonprofits to bring them into the fold that are doing peacekeeping around the world to, to join forces with us. Um, we've been talking to Unify.org, um, another good nonprofit, and they do meditations around the world, and they're going to work with us because one of their uh, four yearly meditations is on December 21st when we'll be on the Dead Sea for a conference so that we can bring their world of meditation into our world of peacekeeping. So again, we're, we've made huge, huge, huge strides, so it's really exciting. But I would encourage people to look and ask themselves, would they like to go? You know, does this resonate with you? Are you interested, even for a portion of it? This is an opportunity to travel with people that you would never normally get to meet, in a part of the world that most people today probably wouldn't travel to without a group, in a, in, a, in a mindset of taking this back and changing your perceptions or helping change the perceptions of those people that you have around you that feel doubt you and this particular notion and it is that one small step at a time. Peace is not gonna happen overnight. We're not gonna snap our fingers and everything's gonna be peaceful. This is gonna be something that needs to evolve and the group that's coming up, the kids, again, like I touched on in the beginning of our conversation, that, that social media, that ability to be connected, that if something were to happen, and, and you look at what's happened with, with in a Jordan, there's now an opportunity. Instead of saying, I wonder what my friend's thinking, I bet he's thinking this, I can now contact him and say, right on FaceTime or Skype or or, or Facebook or whatever, and say, hey, what's going on? How do you feel about this? Are you Okay. That's very, very big moving forward. There are some real downfalls to social media, but boy, there are some real upsides to social media as well. And that maybe instead of assuming what that person thinks or thinking that they think different from me, I can now look at them social media-wise and see them post something that says, I am so sad about this. This is not how I see my life or how I see things want to go. And I can say, look, they are like me. It isn't that they feel like this person or that person. I think that's huge
0: yeah and I think that that is one of the benefits of social media and the internet is that we are starting to is that you is that you get the unvarnished picture of other people as opposed to um, sort of uh, screen through the media yep. and you know it's which tends to have an us and them kind of an approach to things. you actually see real people you could talk to real people and as as we said earlier see that all people are the same, because Susan, I really think that that is is probably going to be one of the biggest um, steps that we'll need to take in order to see peace really happen, is when we do realize that all people are the same, and that that we've sort of colored uh, the picture with this us and them, with this adversarial kind of approach, instead of reaching out uh, for friendship or whatever, we, we have made enemies. And a lot of these, this enemy forming, as you know, is historical in, in origin. Absolutely. And breaking through that, breaking through that is critical.
1: Well, and, and understanding where that comes from. You know, part of the World Peace Caravan and part of what will go on is they'll learn the history of that part of the world. You know, I, have to, I, I would be the first one to tell you that I did not know a whole lot about the history of the Middle East. I have had an amazing lesson over the last year and a half, almost two years now, in learning why it is the way it is, how it's gotten to where it is, and, and really seeing it in a different eye. And, and even just something as simple as people saying to me, when I said to them, oh, I was in Israel you know, in January, and geez, we got snowed out and I had to come home. And they're like, what do you mean it got snowed out? And I said, well, it snows in Israel. And they're like, it snows in Israel? I said, it snows in Jordan, it snows in Israel. So people don't know a whole lot about it, and there's nothing wrong with that, it's just that that's not where their focus has been. And, and an opportunity to open up and, and see, again, what the, real, what the real view is, as opposed to just seeing you know one piece of it that hits the news because that's the hot button, might give people an opportunity to understand that, that, that a lot of these places that we're going to travel are... Very modern, very forward. You know, it's so it's it's really interesting. And, and again, for me, who's been in it for two years, has been fascinating.
0: Yeah, it, the <laughs> as you were talking, I, I was thinking. You know, one of the the great things about being open-minded it is that is that you clear out some of the cultural baggage uh, that that we get through life. Some of the conditioning, and unless you can do that. Unless you could clear out the us and them the hatred between the Jews and the Muslims and the or the indignation between the Germans and the jews and and unless you could forgive uh, then the then the only solution would be the next generation and and you got to hope that the next generation the new generations don't carry that baggage and I think that's really what happens with new generations they have their own sort of world to live in, their own world to make. and So I I do think that young folks are the solution. On the other hand, those of us who are a little older, there's hope for us too, but I think you got to have an open mind. Absolutely. Um, and I'll
1: leave you with one quick story about sure. my youth ambassadors. I have a a Jordan country ambassador and she relayed a really interesting story. She talked about how she met a young guy at, at university. They were really good friends. They got along great. They were in this debate team together and and she learned one day that he was Jewish and her mind immediately went I can't be friends with this this is hmm. this this boy is Jewish and she said I had to stop and sl-. I mean she said I I ran into a brick wall and thought what am I thinking this is unbelievable this is everything I'm against and and it has totally changed her perception in life yes and, and it's it's been an amazing journey for her and she's a wonderful ambassador for us and and to hear her story and talk about that just goes to show you that they do have a different mindset where before they never would have taken that step past that and go wait a minute hold on this is exactly what I don't believe in it's now given that opportunity and there's that hope for that future for tomorrow
0: yeah I think that yeah that is an, that's another good story okay so you you've talked a lot about um, the world peace caravan but in closing I'd like to have you at least summarize how folks could um, learn more about it and maybe make a contribution or join up or or do something to advance the cause here, Susan. So why don't you just summarize uh, some of the options that listeners might have.
1: That would be great. We would love any support that we can get. So first thing, please go to www.worldpeacecaravan.org We have a great website. On that website you can look to sign up for the caravan and there are descriptions of, of the trips and what's available and how much it costs we've made it very cost effective for you to go this is not about raising a ton of money for something any money that we have left will go to all the good cause causes we want to raise five million dollars between all the programs we're doing and, and our youth ambassadors and our fundraising to get back to orphanages schools and medical centers first and foremost go on there and sign our petition it's on the main website bottom of the page sign the petition you can upload a video about what you're doing for world peace go on to the world peace caravan facebook page friend us like us give us a story tell us what you're doing in your community join in our world peace caravan youth ambassadors program we have a twelve series program that you can download the workbook you can see about those uh, sustainable goals by the united nations it's something you could take into your own after-school program into a school and there are recorded sessions in there and more as we go through the year, it started in January, that you can download and listen to for free of people talking about the sustainable goals. There'll be mentors that are talking. Uh, the other night we had one that was about tribal leadership, how to be a better leader in the tribal, tribal mentality. So there's some great information back there. Donate, You can. we have um, a shopping center where you can buy some of our memorabilia. You can go on and just donate to the World Peace Caravan. And of course we are looking for sponsors. We would love to see people sponsor our trip, those that align with us and our mission and what we've created. We would love to have you be a part of our journey. So there's so many ways that people can get involved. So worldpeacecaravan.org and you can contact me through there and I'd be happy to answer any questions.
0: And I think we've just heard heard, uh, the most worthy cause that we could probably talk about, uh, the the uh, introduction uh, to the materials I got on the World Peace Caravan, uh, the first sentence is, a dream so big it hardly seems achievable, world peace, and yet it is an incredibly big dream, uh, but when you look outside, uh, I think there's another big dream, and that is the world we live in, and it's. I think it's up to all of us to to make this happen in one way or the other, whether it's being nice to the, to the person on the street or whether it's giving money to a homeless person or helping to feed the, uh, the hungry or shelter the homeless, there, there is something here for everybody. Uh, there is a quote that I'm, that sort of applies here that really hit me, and, it, the, and the quote is this. Our theory is you don't convince people to do the right thing we think you change the world by making the good things so obscenely better that it's foolish not to do so. And I think that's really what, Susan, but this peace mission is about. When people realize that it is so good that it's foolish not to go down this path. This is Philip Camello. This is Conversations Beyond Science and Religion. Thank you for listening. been listening to Conversations Beyond Science and Religion, hosted by Philip Camella. To find out more about Philip and his book, The Collapse of Materialism, visit thecollapseofmaterialism.com.